can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Maybe it's one of my settings. That's really driving me nuts. So I had something really cool that I wanted to tell you about really quick. Um, But first... Well, wait a minute. Before you get into that, we have to say hello to everybody first. Well, that's why I was going to introduce the show first. So hello, everyone. This is the Talking Pools podcast show. Uh, I'm Andrea, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, guys. It's Rudy. I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in with us this week. We appreciate you. So... Okay. So you said you had a cool story. What do you got? Yeah, and I'll keep it quick. So I I can't I think I talked about this a little bit on the show before. Um I had this pool that's been leaking and it just hasn't been fixed because of the leak guy. I'm sorry. So what you're saying is every single pool you maintain is losing water. <laughs> uh well, it's the residential one, not any of the commercials. I I only do like 5 residentials now and it's one of the residentials I do. Um, okay. So it's a twice a week pool. It's been losing about an inch of water per day only when I have the waterfall pump running. So it's got a huge rock waterfall. Oh, I, you know what? I've, I've, po- I've posted, um, I've posted in the group about it. I think I might've even done like a live talking about the waterfall, but anyway, so it's got like almost like a river kind of like, it's a really long, part that flows into the pool instead of a spa spillover. The spa is a separate body of water. So it's like this waterfall and it has its own pump. And when I did a 24 hour water loss test, the pool lost zero water, didn't lose anything. When I had the waterfall pump running, it lost an inch in 24 hours. And so the leak guy was telling me that it was just evaporation and, you know, it was this whole thing. Meanwhile, I'm losing salt, stabilizer, can't keep a chlorine level. Listen, if you have a leak detection guy who's telling you that it is possible for a residential pool to lose one inch of water a day due to evaporation and that thing is not in the middle of a f-ing volcano, then it's time to get a new leak detection guy. Why do you keep this dude around? <laughs> don't ask me these questions. I don't know. Well, the fun part is, is that when I said, you know, I'm still losing salt and stabilizer, he really said like, oh, that means nothing to me. You know, it's losing like, I I think I I was able to track that it lost like 200 parts per million of salt in 24 hours because I checked it. So anyway, I also would find big chunks of what looked like bicarb, like it looked like bicarb when it gets wet and then it dries out and it's like a hard chunk. It looks like that, but it doesn't feel like bicarb. It feels more like a foam, like a kind of a chalky thing. And one of the chunks was like the size of a potato inside the pump basket. It was insane. You say you had a potato in the pump basket? Let me ask you something. Was this a dream? Nope, this is for real. I have pictures of it. <laughs> so anyway, and videos. I, actually, you know what? I have it on my on my personal TikTok, not the show TikTok. So anyway, broke it apart because I had to see what it, you know, whatever. Anyway, so the I had the builder finally, long story short, sorry. 
Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when our listener, Alex Coyne, came out with that meme that he made, the one that we said that was going to go viral, the one where you explained how your pools lose water? And he actually used a picture that involved Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia standing in front of a murder board with a yarn going all over the place. Are you sure? Long story short is what you want to go with here. So... (laughs) This is quick. Look, and I'm straight to the point. You haven't distracted me yet like the other. Straight to the point? Seriously? So anyway, the leak, uh, no, the builder came out and um, he's going to have to remove a bunch of rocks at the top of the wall so that the leak guy can come back and plug those returns and pressure test the waterfall system. So the long story short is. Biting my lip here. Builder confirmed that I was right. The pool is leaking. It's not evaporation. Hold on a second. The phone's ringing. Hi, Rudy and Andrea. Um, I was listening to your podcast last Saturday on TDS, and Rudy had something in it that said that freshwater algae doesn't grow in salt water. And my friends that do pools, we've always kind of noticed that pools with salt systems are pretty much algae-free. So then I was thinking to myself... Well, first I thought that maybe the reason was because the cyanuric acid was lower in those pools because most pools out here are trichlor. But then after I heard Rudy say that about the fresh water, I thought to myself, well, maybe we could just put salt in all the pools and use it as an algicide. So that would be my question. Thinking outside the pool. I love it. Great question, Don. Listen. We've not tested it. We've not tried it. In theory, I think it might at least slow down the growth a bit. You are 110% correct. Freshwater things don't grow in salt water. So if we add salt to the water, will freshwater algae grow in it? Be more along the lines of what we consider to be brackish, but still, freshwater algae doesn't grow well in brackish water. 1,200 parts per million and higher. We referred to it last week as TDS toxicity. That's the actual terminology that's used for this. But I'm not going to say algicide. Let's go with algistat, a preventative, and say that likely it will slow down the growth and maybe it will make it more difficult for algae to become established in that body of water. I agree. I mean, I suppose in theory, I mean, we were we were talking about borates, this would be like similar to that concept, right? Where it would be, you know, just preventing it from growing, not necessarily, you know, stopping it altogether or even treating it. I mean, I don't know anybody that's ever done that, I should say. So I have to agree. The best way to look at this is that in theory, it should work as a preventative, as an algistat. But like everything, until we get a chance to get our hands on it and actually test it in a body of water, we don't know the answer for sure. But great question, Don. Great job thinking outside the pool. We love people who buck the status quo. That's how the industry gets better. That's how we grow. Think outside the pool. Try new things. And maybe we come up with something really innovative and creative that helps everybody else out. Oh, yeah. Keep us updated if you uh, decide to try it. Thank you. This week's Pool Pro of the Week is Amy Bailey Lemieux of Pelican Pool Service in Port Charlotte, Florida. Do you know a pool pro that deserves a Talking Pools shout out because of their pool prowess and overall total badassness? 
Let us know at TalkingPools at gmail.com. Your pool professional might be the next Talking Pools Pool Pro of the week. You cannot nominate yourself, but anyone else can. Again, let us know who this water warrior is, in an email to TalkingPools at gmail.com. Believe it or not, Andrea, it is trade show season. I know we take a little bit of a break now going forward up until October, but we do have more shows coming up. And we just came off of the Florida show. I call it the Florida show. You call it the Orlando show. Everybody else calls it the Everything Under the Sun show in Orlando, Florida. And we had a great time there. We met a bunch of great people. We had a lot of fun. Always a great event. Yeah, it was super fun. Now, I know you like trade shows a lot, but do you actually get to go to a lot of them? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been to at least one every year. I, we didn't go in 2020. I don't think anybody did one. But um, before that, my first one actually was in Key West. That's the best one. But yes, I love a, I love a good pool show. I love a good trade show. Well, the truth is there's a lot of great trade shows in this industry, a ton of them. And it's we could really sit here and debate which one is the best, but I think they're all fantastic. I've been to many in my career, and there's even a new one coming out. Well, it's not actually a brand new one. It's the resurrection of an old one. We spoke about it a few episodes ago. You remember which one I'm talking about? Uh, that would be the Aqua, uh, Aqua Magazine show, right? Well, we just call it the Aqua show. For those of you that have been around for a few decades, you may remember the Aqua show from the days of old. Uh, they were pioneers in the trade show space for this industry, and it is indeed owned by Aqua Magazine. So you are correct. Aqua show. All right, let me ask you this one. So you're getting ready to go to a show. You're planning on going to a show. You get your tickets. You get your hotel room. You call all of your industry friends and say, hey, are you going? I'm going to be there. Let's meet up. Let's grab coffee. Let's get drinks. Don't forget the party. We have to go to the party right? What kind of planning and preparation do you do for the actual show itself? There's usually an app you can download. I know that there is one for the Orlando show. <clears throat> so um, yeah, you can plan, you can look at who's going to be there. You can look at the classes that they have available. Just, you know, uh, usually there's a party on Friday night, depending on which show. So definitely check things out and try to register in advance if you can, because then you can also, uh, sometimes you can save money, but you know, most of the time the classes will fill up. Parties have limited space, you know, stuff. If you bounce around the showroom floor, like a bunch of loose cans from a six pack in the back of a pickup truck bed, you are going to miss out on a lot. Well, when I first started going, I just like showed up. Um, and then, you know, I ended up learning a bunch of things along the way. So um, one of the things you want to do is um, register in advance, you know, try and go to all the websites that you can um, find, as we were talking about earlier. What you really need to do is sit down and establish a game plan, just like you would hit anything else. You have to have a plan. You have to strategize. Otherwise, you will miss out on a lot. You might not get to meet everybody that you want to meet or see all the vendors that you want to see or take all the classes that you want to take. Getting there early uh, definitely is something that you want to try and do. Uh, you know, you think that the trade show is going to be boring. Oh, it's just walking around and looking at stuff. Um, but on a speaking from a perspective of like getting cool free stuff, like the earlier, the better. I don't think I've honestly ever been to a trade show in this industry that I have found to be boring. 
But you are absolutely correct. There's no reason you can't hit the doors as soon as they open and beeline to your must-see vendors. It took me like three shows before I was finally able to get one of those leak detection buckets. Because Swag. By the time I showed up, they were all gone. And you see these people walking around with these cool you know, cool ass buckets. And then you go over to the, um, (laughs) but yeah, if you go over to their booth, they're always out of them. Definitely get there early. I know people must be listening right now. Like she, she must be out of her mind. What's up with this bucket, but I'll tell you what buckets are great buckets, bags, any of those types of things. They're great for carrying around all of the materials that you pick up from each of the different tables. And yes, there's tons of swag. You can put all your swag in there as well, but buckets are fantastic for that. So if getting a bag or a bucket is your priority, if you didn't bring one with you, then yeah, definitely hit that bucket table first. Well, there's that. Yes. That's what I did um, the very last show that I went, or was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. But yeah, that was the first, went straight to that booth and got that, got me a buck. Don't just show up. Don't, don't do it. You really don't know what opportunities are at a show until you go through all of the promotional materials, go through the website, take a look at everything the show has to offer. Check off the things that you want to do, the things that you want to see, the things that you want to go to. If you just show up and you hit it blind, there's going to be a lot of hidden gems that just remain hidden from you. Think of all the educational opportunities that are at a trade show. Nowhere else will you have this conglomerate of education from all over the country in a single building. Normally, To see most of these vendors, you'd have to fly somewhere to take some of these classes. You'd have to go to a different state or travel all about the state that you're in. Here's a one-stop shop for education, for pool education. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, for sure, because there's actually, um, you know, just based on this last show that we were at, there's a class, there's a class in like every category that you could possibly think of in this industry. Classes for builders, there's just maintenance uh, and cleaning classes, there's stuff on chemicals, there's business and marketing classes. Um, There's just all kinds of stuff, all kinds of ways to grow your business, to continue your education. Uh, You can get CPO certified. So What? You can. It's just wrong on so many levels for somebody to teach a CPO class When it's not me, all kidding aside, Andrea is absolutely correct. You can get some amazing education, including CPO classes. And yes, the other instructors do a fantastic job as well. Uh, The next show is going to be the Western Pool and Spa Show. That's coming up in a couple of days. Do you know who's teaching the CPO class over at that one? Wayne does. What a great opportunity for anybody who's attending that show. Wayne is absolutely fabulous. So, Holy crap. Did you hear the news? The Talking Pools podcast now has a regular column in Pool Magazine. It is the hottest new trade mag in the industry. The edgy morning radio show style podcast with Rudy and Andrea is now on the pages of the magazine known for keeping a finger on the pulse of the pool industry. Yes, both print and digital. Download the PoolMagazine.com app on Google Play today. My first step in coming up with a trade show strategy is always to look at how much time I have. How much time do I plan on spending at that show? 
Whether you're hunting for swag like Andrea, or maybe that you're looking to visit specific vendors at their booths, figure out which ones you want to hit first. Figure out what your must-see things are at this show, and then make a plan to hit those first. That's my MO. After 30 years of doing this, trade show after trade show, whether it's been as an exhibitor or an attendee, I sit down and make the strategy first. It is the only way to guarantee you get everything out of the show that you wanted to get out of the show. For sure, yeah. Try not to get distracted by the shiny lights. If you hit that first booth, as soon as you walk through the doors, I mean, man, that spot is prime realty. It's right there, right in front. And I'm not saying not to go there. But if it's not your number one priority to see that vendor, don't hit it first. Go to your must-see vendors first. You know, that's one of the hardest concepts to grasp is that it's okay to walk past a booth. I know they're saying hello. Maybe they are working it hard and they have somebody out in front of the booth telling you all about their product as you walk by, trying to grab a hold of you, get your attention. It's okay to keep going. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Trust me. These folks running the booths, they don't want to talk to you if there's not a chance of you buying their product. Go past, walk past, keep moving, get to your A list first. Then, if you have time after you've seen everybody that you want to see, done everything that you wanted to do, networked with everybody who you wanted to network with, then you can hit those other booths, check out what they have, browsing, right? Window shopping, maybe you'll buy, maybe you won't, whatever. But you have to prioritize the way you hit this floor. Trust me. If you hit the trade show floor like a couple of fat kids in a supermarket looking for a bag of chips where you wander up and down every aisle checking out every product, you're going to run out of time. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing wrong with showing up when the doors first open. I've been there at the beginning of the shows, the very, very beginning of the shows. Guess what? You'll have the floor to yourself. You'll be able to get to where you need to get to quickly, see who you need to see, and not have to wait online to talk to anyone. No, last year it wasn't crowded really at all. It's not, right? Show up first thing, walk around like you own the place, because you do at that given time. No one else is there, or hardly anybody else is there. Must see booths, must come first. Yeah, plan everything around, you know, like you said, how, you know, busy everything is, what time you get there. Um because you don't want to show up to, you know, the Pentair booth or the Jandy booth or whatever, the Hayward booth and have just tons of people crowding, you know, the salespeople so that you can't, you know, you just have to end up standing there or walking around or you have to try a different time. So that's what happened at our booth at the Florida show just the other week. That's right. Masses of amounts of people began to gather as the day rolled on. I, my favorite part is the swag. So definitely bring a bag. You know, I like to bring a reusable bag that I actually got at one of the trade shows. It's a really nice one from uh, before the PHTA switched. It was it's like the NSF, not NSF, and it and, and NSPF National Swimming Pool Foundation. That's what it was before the merger with APSP. NSPF, mm -hmm. the National Swimming Pool Foundation. Right. I just had a little baby stroke there, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> 
bring a bag. Okay. So, so you can, cause you're going to want to pick up business cards. All right. You're going to want to pick up any literature that you see, you know, especially, you know, you don't have to go crazy and pick up everything, but you're going to see a lot of stuff that is super interesting. You're going to want to look into later, you know, stuff like that. So bring something that you can haul back with you and pick up all those free samples. They bring them for you. I like to number or letter the booths on the show map. Oh, that's a good one. So I have all of my ones. That's my priority. Hit those first. Then number twos, not as great a priority, but I still really want to see them. Number threes, I want to see them, but it's not the end of the world if I don't. And then out from there, four, five, six, what have you. Here's the other thing. And you might not think of this, but you're going to be doing a lot of walking. So dress comfortably. Don't dress down. You can still dress business casual. Be comfortable. Wear sneakers, a nice looking pair of sneakers. Better for your feet. Like I said, you're going to be standing a lot, visiting these booths, talking to people. Make sure that you consider your comfort level because nothing sucks more than having to walk a show when your feet hurt. I always used to try to hunt down the booths that use double padding under their carpets because that's an option to go with single padding or double padding. Of course, double padding costs more, but so much more comfortable on your feet. If a vendor really wants me to stay and talk for a while, double padding under that carpet. It makes a huge difference. Well, not only walking around the show either, but also getting to and from your car, say, for example, if you're close enough to not have to stay overnight. Those are massive parking lots in the outside of the building. You could potentially be walking around for 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get in. Where's the main entrance? That's happened to me a bunch of times. That's a great point, because what about that hallway from hell? at the Orange County Convention Center, the one that leads to the show, that thing's got to be like four friggin' miles long. That is a long-ass hallway. Focus on comfortable shoes. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Make sure you bring a nice stack of business cards because you're going to want to give out your cards as well. And just keep in mind, you can never bring too much because the ones that you don't give out, you can always bring back home with you. Of course. You don't just throw them out the window. To Andrea's point from a minute ago, if you are going to bring your own bag to throw swag in or literature, promotional materials, whatever they're giving out, whatever information you need to carry your pen and pad, whatever you have. Grab something that has a soft handle, something that's easy to carry, something with a thicker handle, rope, something along those lines. If you spring a plastic bag, it could, as it weights, as it gets heavier, and as you carry it longer, start to dig into your hands, and that really sucks too. That's why I like this one that I was talking about, but a reusable bag, like, you know, just the ones that you get from the grocery store, those are fine. They have the handles. Um some kind of shopping bag, but yeah, definitely not like a plastic. You don't want to bring like a grocery bag or anything. (laughs) 
That's a million percent true. Don't let us catch you walking around the trade show carrying all your stuff in a Publix or a Piggly Wiggly bag. We will call you out on that. At least if you're going to bring a bag from a grocery store, make sure that it's from a higher quality grocery store. I don't know what uh, Whole Foods or something along those lines. But yeah, don't don't bring a plastic grocery bag. Just don't don't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, but that brings us back to getting there early because a lot of places, a lot of vendors will bring bags like nice ones like Pentair always has a nice one. I think one year somebody had a nice backpack like one of those like sack style the ones oh, that the rope and you just, you know, they're easy sure. to put, throw stuff in. So yeah, if you get there early enough, you can sw- grab a swag bag and then that's your bag. You should also remember to bring a pen. Pens? Honestly, I'm going to stop you because usually everybody has a pen at the booth. You don't need to bring a pen. Let me ask you this. So you're at a booth with somebody and you need to write something down. Maybe it's somebody that you're trying to network with. Maybe it's somebody that you're seeking future employment with, or you may need future employment with. You never know. That's what networking is all about. Or they can open a door for you somewhere else. Tell me, who's more impressive? The person that takes the pen out of their own pocket and jots down the note? Or the person that says, Um, can I borrow your pen? Or even worse, reaches into their bag and pulls out a pen that they grabbed at a booth that just happens to be a competitor of the person that you're speaking with. Pens, listen, pens are my most grabbed swag item. And I throw them all in my pools. This is true, and I've seen it. And for those of you who don't know Andrea from any of the groups on Facebook, she has managed to figure out how to cause a major stir in any group with a ballpoint pen and a swimming pool. Drop a pen. So (laughs) here's a good tip. When you're standing there with a vendor and they're talking about their product, they have their spiel that they go through. If you let them know when you get to the booth that you have a time crunch, they will cut to the chase. They will give you the Cliff Notes version. You'll get the information that you need, and then you can move on. They do. Even if you want jobs. Yeah, sure. True story. There have been times in my career, like I said, I've been in the industry for three decades and have hit trade shows all throughout, but there's been times where I've worked for a company and was looking to move on that I looked at the trade show and thought in my head, job fair. I've brought a stack of resumes and handed them out to the different people that I wanted to meet with and talk with. But I can't recommend that you do that. But I'm not recommending that you not do that. You told us about it. I did tell you about that, didn't I? And you can also try out a lot of stuff too. Um, I remember seeing a big crowd of people one year it was a few years ago and they were all i think it was might have been when the uh carbon fiber poles i don't think it was primate but i think it was like a you know similar company and there was a huge crowd of people over by the trying out the poles and like you know just a lot of stuff you can get hands on with it which is cool and you can actually learn a lot from the you know from the reps and the vendors that are there If you get the chance, if you have the opportunity, as a matter of fact, make this your A-list. Hit the Aquastar products booth. They have a super cool new filter. Uh, They've been, you know, producing 
plastic molded products for the pool industry for decades, but they came out with a new filter. I have one on my pool. It's really cool. It has this neat locking lid feature for safety, but the internal design of the tank itself enables 360 degree use of the element. So what you get is much longer filter runs and filters that are easier to clean. Uh, really unique. If you do get the opportunity, go check them out. Put that on your A-list also. Yeah, these shows can be pretty big. Um, I know the the Orlando show we just were at is is fairly, I don't want to say it's like massive, but it's pretty big. And I know the Vegas show that I was at, it, that show was huge. That took like... The Vegas show is a monster. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was a, that was quite a walk around, that one was. <laughs> there are so many great trade shows. I've been to a lot of them. Uh, the Nespa show up in the Northeast, that one's just passed. Of course, the Florida show that we just did. The international show, Vegas, New Orleans. I've been, also been to the show in Barcelona. Cool. Hundreds of tabletop shows done by either different trade associations, different buying groups, by different uh, distribution centers. All amazing. Always a wonderful time. Ipsa does a show. Everyone, uh, I think the last one got canceled, but we were we there was one that was scheduled so ipsa does put on little tabletop shows yes they do and the one before that you were supposed to show up but you didn't because do you remember who was speaking <laughs> i could not get out of work that day that was on like a fr a friday or something like that i remember being really really busy these words echo through my head and i remember them it's pretty much verbatim it said i will be there for you i'm sorry the How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae Handbook, written by pool water chemistry expert Rudy Stankowitz, will be the most comprehensive guide on algae prevention and remediation you will ever own. Algae is the single most encountered swimming pool problem noted worldwide, but it doesn't have to be a problem for you. Purchase your copy of the How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae Handbook on Amazon, today. Another thing that you should be doing is looking for key players in the industry. Networking, but network up. I mean, it's good to have lateral connections, but it's also good to have upper level connections. Locate the key players. Everybody who is anybody goes to these trade shows. If they're not at the one that you're at today, they will definitely be at the next one. Go over, say hello, hand them a business card. It may take a couple of times before your name sticks in their head, but every time you see them, just stop by and say hello. You never know when you're going to need an upper level connection. For sure. I mean, you, you shouldn't stalk them. They are likely to file a restraining order. Not that I know from experience, but it, it's possible. Just wait around for a few minutes. If they're busy in a conversation with somebody, walk away. Every now and then check back by. When you have a free second to say hi, definitely step in and introduce yourself. Or maybe you could just be like, you know, drop the card off and say, hey, you know, contact me when you're not busy. You know, don't inter interrupt. But And you know what else? Plan for food because it gets hungry. Uh, you're stuck if 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 you don't bring something or have a plan to leave and come back at some point. You're stuck with basically cafeteria food. So you're saying trade show food sucks? I yes. I'll just go ahead and say it. <laughs> also, don't forget about the educational opportunities. Nowhere in the industry will you find that much education under one roof where you can go from class to class, different vendor to different vendor. It only happens at trade shows. 
So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Talking Pools podcast. We really appreciate you guys tuning in with us. And hey, we got a surprise for you. We got a couple of new shows coming up on this podcast. So we're becoming more of a network. We have Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly coming up every Tuesday. Then we also have Hump Days with Heather, led by Heather Linton. And those episodes will become available every Wednesday. Now, check it out. Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly on Tuesdays. Hump Days with Heather on Wednesdays. That just started this week, the first week of March. So take a look at Tuesday and Wednesday from this week. There should be two episodes there. Again, one from Tim and Kelly and then one from Heather. Check those out as well. Let us know what you think. Send us an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, talkingpools at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We appreciate you. Love you. Thank you so much. And Because, you know, you guys are the reason that we're here. So. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People, for the Pool People, by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 